Chapter Twenty Five of Officer Six Sixty Six. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Roger Moline. Officer Six Sixty Six by Barton W. Curry and Augustine McHugh. Chapter Twenty Five. Phelan meets his uniform again. About the time the Gladwin mansion was ringing with the shrill staccato outbursts of Mrs. Elvira Burton, the owner of that luxurious dwelling was leaning against the central park wall a few blocks away, engaged in earnest conversation with a small boy. "'You ought to be in bed,' the young man was saying, severely, looking down at the lad and noting how thinly he was clad, and yet how little he appeared to suffer from the sting of the chill night air." "'Bed nothin,' responded the boy curtly. "'I'm lookin' for me dog. "'Did yez seen him go by? "'He's a thoroughbred and lost one ear battlin' with a bull.' "'Oh, so you're her brother, then,' laughed Gladwin. "'Whose brother?' asked the boy suspiciously. "'Mays,' said Gladwin. "'Or, I should say, the brother of Miss May Henny.' "'Hully gee!' ejaculated the boy. Did that kid skin out, too, after me, and the old man tellin' her to stay in bed and shut up her bellerin'? Yes, said Gladwin. And the young lady, with my aid, found the valuable animal you are searching for, a black dog with a white spot over the right eye and no tail. Hully gee, cried the boy ecstatically. She found him, eh? "'Well, who'd a taught it, and me looking for him three hours? "'Where did she find him, officer? "'His name's Mike, named after me old man's boss what bites nails.' "'We found him in the park in company with a disreputable friend,' said Gladwin. "'A yaller mutt?' asked the boy, with a contemptuous emphasis on the mutt. "'That's the janitor's dog, and he's nothing but a tramp.' I wished he'd fall into river and get at by a catfish. I wouldn't wish him all that hard luck, laughed Gladwin, for he had a large bone he was sharing with Mike. I was watching them over the park wall when May came along. I sent them all, and the bone, home in a taxicab. In a witch, ejaculated the boy, while his eyes popped. In a taxi, said Gladwin, lightly. Ah, oh, say!' and the little chap's jaw fell. "'Now I know you're kiddin'. "'Where'd May get the price of a taxi, and—' "'Oh, I arranged all that,' the uniformed mystery explained reassuringly. "'And if you'd like, I'll call one for you. "'You look pretty tired. "'I guess you've walked a good many miles on the trail of Mike.' "'The youngster tried to speak, but could not.' The very thought of a ride in a taxicab froze his brain. Gladwin took him by the hand and led him to the curb. "'Now, would you prefer a yellow or a red one?' he asked. "'There's all kinds going by.' "'Yaller!' cried the boy. "'I likes them best.' They had only a moment to wait, when one of the mystic yellow hue cruised round a corner and came toward them. Gladwin hailed it, and the chauffeur stopped with a wondering look at the pair. Gladwin had a bill ready in his hand and passed it up to the chauffeur, 
"'Take this boy over to number 287 East 80th Street,' commanded Gladwin. "'And whatever you've got left out of the ten spot above what the meter registers, split the change with the boy. And as for you, son,' patting the urchin on the head, "'you keep your eye peeled on the meter.' "'Gee! Will I?' responded the boy. And as Gladwin opened the door, he hopped in and took up a perch where he could best observe the fascinating operations of the register. The chauffeur, a bullet-headed, cross-eyed individual, squinted at the bill half a dozen times before he stowed it away in his pocket and set the meter. Then he made a swift, fierce scrutiny of Travers Gladwin's face, shook his head, swallowed a mouthful of oaths, threw in the clutch and spurted diagonally for the cross street. As he vanished, the uniformed similitude of Officer 666 consulted his watch, made out that it was almost 10.30, and strode rapidly in the direction of his home. He wore a smile that was fairly refulgent. "'Wouldn't have missed this night patrol for a hundred thousand,' he said inwardly, and they say that the life of a patrolman is a monotonous drudgery. Arriving at the stoop of his home, he reconnoitered the avenue in both directions and then looked up at the black windows of the house. A sudden lull had come upon the neighborhood and there seemed not a soul stirring. He sped lightly up the stoop and let himself in. He was surprised to find the lights burning brilliantly in the drawing-room and no sign of Barnes. The heavy curtains, he saw, were carefully arranged to prevent the merest ray of light from showing outside. He took the further precaution, however, of turning off all but the single globe in one lamp. He speculated on the disappearance of Barnes until he heard a stealthy step approaching through the corridor that led to the kitchen. Without noise, he glided to the window and concealed himself behind the curtains. He had scarcely hidden himself when the hinged panel that answered for a door opened slowly, and the countenance of Michael Phelan protruded itself into the room. The Phelan shoulders and embonpoint still in negligee followed. Taking a cautious step forward, he uttered behind his hand, Psst! Hey, you's dare. There was no answer, and Phelan worked his head round like a wary weasel, muttering, Who was that woman, I wonder? She must have took that Slim Jim away with her. Musha, musha, if they should call the police. Bad cess to that feller and his five hundred dollar bill. Murther, murther, I'm done for. Travers Gladwin had stepped out of the folds of the curtain. "'Hey there,' he blurted. "'What are you up to?' "'Holy St. Patrick! I'm gone now, sure,' groaned Phelan, and trembled where he stood. "'Come, come, Officer 666,' laughed Gladwin. "'I'm only your ghost.' Phelan exhaled a tremendous sigh of relief. "'The Lord be praised if it ain't yes he exclaimed delightedly. But where did you get that disguise? At a hair store. Madame Flynn's on Avenue A. Do you like it? laughed the young man. I didn't want any of my friends or neighbors to recognize me, you know. 
"'But for the love of heaven, where have yous been all the time?' asked Phelan, sinking into a chair and breathing hard. "'Patrolling my beat, I mean your beat,' returned the young man, "'and keeping my eye out for my friend the burglar. Oh, I've had quite a party. When I got hungry, I sent to the plaza for lunch and sat on the park wall and ate it. And, by the way, I saw a friend of mine coming along in an automobile, and I arrested him for speeding. "'What?' Phelan exploded, jumping to his feet and turning white as his boiled shirt. "'Yes, nabbed him for breaking the speed limit,' Gladwin nodded, leaning back against a table and lighting a cigarette. "'For—for—for for breaking the speed limit. For—for—' for, "'Yous made an arrest?' "'Exactly. He was going so slow he deserved to be arrested, and what's more, he was making love to a pretty girl without shame. I got in and told him to drive me to the station.' Phelan threw up his hands with a groan. "'And did yous take him to the station?' "'How could I?' chuckled Gladwin. "'I didn't know where it was.' that is, your station. So I told him most any would do. We rode about a bit, and as he didn't seem anxious to be locked up, I compromised for fifty dollars. It was really quite simple, Phelan, and if I'd only had more time, I might have got back that five hundred. "'You've lost me me job, that's what you've done,' moaned Phelan, while his brain reeled with pictures of police headquarters trial rooms and ruthless commissioners come give me the uniform he cried with a sudden accession of passion what's that asked the young man quickly his grin vanishing me uniform rasped phelan with a rush toward the young man give me me uniform and let me get out of here gladwin dodged around the table protesting no no not yet the burglar, that is, my friend, will be here any moment. Your friend? Phelan stopped, again a prey to bewilderment. Yes, yes, I explained all that before. The one I'm playing the joke on. You don't suppose I'm going to take it off now, do you? Yous can bet your life yous are, roared Phelan, with another savage rush round the table. I've had enough of this, and too much. "'Now, just a minute,' pleaded Gladwin. "'I assure you everything is all right, and I'm not going to leave the house again. "'If anything happens, so you need your uniform, I'll be right here where you can get it. "'I'm not going to leave the house. Tell me, where's Barnes?' "'Who?' said Phelan, more calmly, and pausing in his pursuit. "'My friend, the one I left here.' "'I don't know. There was a ring at the bell here a while ago, and in come a wild woman, and—' "'Great Scott! I hope my friend wasn't scared off. If that fellow was to meet her here at ten-thirty—why, it's after that now!' "'Here, Phelan, quick, help me put these covers on the chairs and things. Over there in the corner, back of the chest. He mustn't know that anybody's been here.' "'Hurry, man, hurry! We haven't a second to spare.' 
Phelan submitted to the breathless commands as if he were hypnotized, puffing and blowing like a porpoise as he struggled to slip the linen covers over the chairs. Gladwin worked at top speed, too, and just as he was covering the great chest, he gave a start and held up his hand. "'Shh!' he whispered. "'There's a motor stopping outside. You go down into the kitchen and be ready to come up if you hear me whistle.' "'But you'll promise yous won't leave the house with them clothes,' gasped Phelan. "'No, no, certainly not. Be quick now. I'll switch off this light and step out on the balcony. Close that door tight after you, and be sure you switch out the lights in the back hall.' Gladwin only waited for the disappearance of Phelan and the soft closing of the door when he plunged the room into darkness. He could hear the click of a key on the front door lock as he groped his way to the window curtains and pressed back into the semicircular recess that led out onto a window balcony. As he did so, he unlatched the heavily grilled balcony window, drew out his penknife, and slid a peephole in the curtain. End of chapter 25 Recording by Roger Moline